Today's episode of Who's There is brought to you by The CW. Watch new episodes of Katie Keen on Thursdays at 8, 7 central or stream free next day on The CW app. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And happy stupid love Eve. I said happy stupid love Eve. <laughs> it's almost stupid love day. It's unfair of us to be talking about this because it's such a themmy thing. Yeah, but Lady Gaga fandom is like a trope in this podcast. <laughs> the song is a who though. Why? Because you've never heard it? It'll be a them. Never like, heard it. Tw- exactly. That's what I'm saying. It'll be a them tomorrow. It's going to have a video that like with the likes of which we haven't seen since the art pop era. I mean, she's which fully by which we mean ridiculous, going, dumb as hell. She's I just like miss her being dumb as hell because Lady Gaga's really dumb. Like, no, she's going to be dumb. She's she's back. Right. Like the Lady Gaga aesthetic is dumb in a way that we obviously have to stand, I guess. But the thing is, is like she took a break from that aesthetic to do her Joanne moment. And which to like also try to win an Oscar. I mean, she won love. an Oscar doing it. Then she won an Oscar and now she's back to being dumb, which is what we love because she literally has a song called Stupid Love. So she's ready. That appears to, to have a video that's set on a planet covered in crystals. It's just like, okay, fine. Who cares? Be an alien with a third crystal eye. This is what I want. Don't care. Tony Bennett who? This is what we've been dying for. Let's move on because we actually do have a show full of calls and we should listen to them instead of talk about Lady Gaga. And this is Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. 619-WHO-THEM, excuse me. And this is the first comment. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, So I work for the Girl Scouts and I actually work specifically in the cookie selling department. So I have a lot to say about Army Hammer's wife posting her girl's cookie link on her Instagram. Um, so until last year, the social media rules said that parents can only share their girl's cookie links um, on their social media if it was set to private, so like only their friends and family could see it. However, this year they changed the rules so that you could post it publicly specifically for parents who like work online, including people who are like influencers, because technically anyone's parent can like take their cookie order form to their office and put it in the break room. And they were like, people who work online don't have a break room, so they should be able to post the link. So it's technically allowed to post it on your like celebrity public Instagram. However, all of that being said, the girl should be playing an active role in it. Like that's the main thing. That, like, if you set out the order form in the break room, the girl should write a cute little paragraph saying, like, please help me go to camp, and a cute little picture of her wearing her vest or whatever. Because you're right to say that the importance of selling cookies is, like, it's a charity. It doesn't matter who sells them. But also, like, participating in the sale is kind of the point of it as well for girls to learn, like, people skills and marketing and business ethics. So I didn't go look at this lady's post on Instagram. I didn't do my research. But, like, if it's just her saying, like, go buy my girl's cookies, that's a little lazy. I don't love it. But if the girl, like, typed up the caption herself and was like, please, my mom is famous, buy my cookies, totally allowed. We love it. She gained some experience for, like, becoming a mini influencer, I guess. Anyways, moral of the story is, Go buy Girl Scouts from the local girls in your community. 
look it up online, find a booth at your grocery store. The girls will love you. They'll get experience selling to customers. Uh, and everyone gets cookies. Okay. Love you all. Bye. That was such a good response and very professional. Liked the ending of that. Like, go buy cookies and yes. teach the girls how to sell cookies so they can learn business ethics, etc. Yes. And so it did look like Elizabeth Chambers broke the rules by not including a little thing from the daughter. But I mean, technically, and she didn't break the rules, but the point of what Elizabeth Chambers did is not, you're not supposed to kind of just take over the selling mm-hmm. for your kid. Your kid is supposed mm-hmm. to have. It is funny to me, though, that the influencers complained. They said, yeah. oh, uh, our our uh, water cooler room, us taking the cookies to work, we don't have workplaces. So yeah. so technically, I could be like, I'm going to sell my kids cookies on my podcast because that's room. my job. Yeah. <laughs> it's also one of those things that it's such a tricky area because ultimately, this is about the kids selling cookies. So how can you really be mad? Because it's like, this kid didn't tell her mom to put it on her Instagram. You know, like the kid can't no. control her mother. Right. And okay, so the kid is like, there's so many things out of the kid's control that whenever you insult this, then you accidentally, by association, insult the kid. And it's like, ugh, just sell a thousand cookies on your Instagram, Elizabeth Chambers. It does take the fun, though, out of buying cookies if you buy them swipe up on an Instagram. So I hope that people realize that, too. Maybe you live in Elizabeth Chambers' neighborhood and that's something that you want to do buy cookies from elizabeth chambers daughter via her instagram but it's not that fun to buy them swipe up i would think i mean and girl scout cookies up until i would say within the past five years were sort of a hot commodity and hard to find and whenever you did find a girl scout connection you were like hell yes because i had right uh do you remember our old co-worker at vh1 um Mm -hmm. john yes i do and he had a daughter and every year the connect he was every year he was the connect and he passed around a sheet of paper right. and it went around the office and you put your order down for the cookies from his daughter and we did it right. every single year right. and that was always fun and if he didn't if I forgot to do them or whenever I moved to another job then it was like oh like the caller said if they happen to be setting up shot like outside of Gristides or whatever like when I happen to be walking through Manhattan buy I buy one. a box of like Samoas or something yeah, yeah. but now I feel like it's the easiest thing in the world to get Girl Scout cookies you they've, know? they've almost done too good of a job mm-hmm. putting them everywhere so that they're not special anymore. They're supposed to be special. Yeah. But also, like, these kids should have the chance to be salespeople and entrepreneurs and win. So it's good you know, that they're all selling. You know, you can get Girl Scout oh. cookie flavors at Dunkin' Donuts in your iced coffee now. That's how everywhere the Girl Scout cookies are. <laughs> you can't, you can't, actually, you can't no, not that's make funny. that up. You can't. That's funny. It's I was at good. a Dunkin', um... When was it? A couple months ago. But a couple I, months ago? Wow. A couple of months ago, I was at a Dunkin'. That's a long time ago to be at a Dunkin'. And I was taking a Dunkin' order because I was with, you know, a gaggle of my friends. But the actually the only other person who wanted a drink was Patrick. So I was going inside for myself and Patrick. Uh-huh. And he was like, I want a white chocolate iced coffee mocha with no. a thing, thing, thing. And he, with almond milk and all these things. So I got the order down and I went inside. Yeah. <laughs> and I ordered the thing and it's like they this like, crazy no. order. 
But the thing is, like, you say all these orders, like, I could I could order the craziest drink in the world and it wouldn't phase a Dunkin' Donuts employee. Like, they don't care. Like, there's no judgment there. Yeah, I mean, it's not that complicated for them on their end. I have a story like this, too. I'll she was you. like, hey, we're out of the we're out of the eggnog. Oh, he went at the eggnog flavor because oh it was a special God. holiday flavor. God. <laughs> and so I order it. I pay for it. I'm waiting for it to be made. And I guess as they're doing the squirt squirt, she realized they were out of eggnog squirt. And so I hear this eggnog voice. Squirt. There are so many people in this Dunkin' Donuts. And it's just like, yeah, it's just so crowded. And, yeah. and this woman is like, uh, excuse me, sir. Like, yeah, we're out of the eggnog. So is there another flavor you want? But I was like, I can't. I can't check in with Patrick. I, I don't know yeah. what he wants. And, da, da, da. and I was like, uh, just just no flavor. And she was like, uh, you're not going to not have a flavor. I would get, and she made a recommendation. I think the white mocha or the peppermint. Yeah. And she was like, no, uh-huh. he needs a flavor. And I was like, okay, I want this flavor. And she was like, yeah, you're getting this uh-huh. flavor. And I took it out. And I was like, they were out of this flavor. But I got this flavor because she recommended this flavor. And he was like, ooh, that's my other favorite flavor. So she, it's just like <laughs> the flavors. I just love the Dunkin' Donut flavor universe. I have a story just like that. Literally this past weekend, um, I was our friend of the podcast, Katie Haney, was describing to me. She said, oh, you know, I once got this Dunkin' coffee that was perfect. It's like the my holy grail and I have yet to replicate it. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I keep on get, trying getting new coffees. Oh, I saw and this And they're Instagram, not the yeah. same. They're not the same. And I'm like, okay, we have to, we can work backwards. Let's deconstruct this order. What was it? Did it have a flavor? Did it have milk? What color was it? What was the texture? Like, what were we working with here? And so we literally like went through what she remembered about the drink and it turned out it was just an iced coffee with like cream and sugar and a squirt of vanilla (laughs) a squirt god you're like a duncan sommelier but it was she was having a problem because she kept thinking it was a latte it was not a latte there's a huge difference between the flavor in the lattes and the flavor Mm -hmm. in the iced coffees Mm -hmm. you get Mm -hmm. a totally different like experience or whatever you don't have to tell me twice and because I wanted to experience what she tasted that this holy grail I also ordered one and let me tell you Oh boy, that's a that's a coffee. I mean, it's that's a it's a milkshake. Yeah, it's a milkshake. I feel like that's what the Instagram said. It's just a milkshake. Well, I mean, it's less of a milkshake because it's not a latte, though. It's it's just yeah. a very sweet iced yeah. coffee that I would drink any day of the week. But if you were drinking this every day, you'd probably die. You know, it's yeah. so sweet or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I just I love that we're both involved in these Dunkin' Donut yeah. flavor uh, <laughs> experience. Hi, Who Weekly, medium time, first time. Um, I'm calling. I had to pause the episode I was listening to recently about um, Lieb Schreiber riding his bicycle. Um, I had that exact celebrity sighting. I saw him riding a bicycle on a sidewalk, um, like a block south of Washington Square Park, like one street over from Thompson, whatever that street is. Um, And I think he was riding a city bike, and in my mind, he was also wearing a newsboy hat, but I don't actually remember if he was. But I just wanted to call in and let you know I've had that exact celebrity sighting. It was great. It was 10 a.m. on a Wednesday, and there was, like, nobody else around, so I had, like, no one to share it with, but I, like, texted a bunch of people. So anyway, um, just wanted to call and let you know. Also, my sister is an avid listener of the podcast, and she wanted me to tell you that she has name blindness for Warren Beatty and Warren Buffett. Um, that's it. Crunch, crunch. Bobby, you jealous of that sighting? That's I'm so the perfect sighting. She got God, the holy so grill. Click. I'm it, like, so jealous. Every on box. his on his bike. Yeah, with the little basket or the box or whatever the fuck that thing is. It's a box. It's like a wooden box. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, he has that wooden box. Why? What goes in there? 
anything. If he goes to the co-op, if he has his kids, he just like anything he wants to. Does he belong to the co-op? I assume he does. No, no, because he wouldn't go all the way to Brooklyn to go shopping. He's a Tribeca guy. He goes to that Whole Foods and that's it. I could see him going to the store and buying milk in glass containers and putting them in this little box and then riding them home. And then Maggie's like, we don't need any more milk in glass in, in glass containers. Maggie is not Lee Schreiber's husband. Wife. Oh, who's, who's Lee Schreiber's That's Peter wife? Sarsgaard. Who's he? Who's he Another in? ideal sighting. Peter but Sarsgaard. He, he rides a bike too, though. You know that, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't Probably. be surprised if you told okay. me Peter Sarsgaard rode a bike around, but I've never seen evidence of him riding a bike around. I'm just saying, I would guess that he would also ride a bike with a little box. But okay, so Liev Schreiber goes home to who? Jennifer Jennifer Connolly, right? Uh, Liev Schreiber goes home to no one because he was married to Naomi Watson. They divorced. Oh, who does he go home to? His Himself. He doesn't have to go home to oh, anyone. Okay, so he drinks all of the milk in the glass bottles by mm-hmm. himself at his Although, home. but you are right. The, even though you met Peter Sarsgaard, I, I do think that Lee Schreiber is the type of guy who just like casually drinks milk. Out of glass containers that he oh, puts in yeah. his bike that he bikes all the way from like wherever he gets them. And now that Naomi's out of the picture, he could drink it out of the container from the fridge and there's no one to judge him and get mad at him. Hell yeah. Take that. He just drinks his organic milk from like some upstate farm. Yeah. He loves it. And it's sort he of like it's to thick. go get it. He biked to mm-hmm. go get it. Oh, he's dating a girl named Taylor Neeson, by the way. <laughs> Any relation? Like that matters. She's 27. Uh, no, not Neeson, like Liam Neeson, spelled differently. Uh, she's 27. He's 52. And they, were, and they were dating in August of 2019. So unclear if they're still dating. See, and then I searched Taylor Neeson, Lee Schreiber, and of course the link was already purple. I've seen this link. <laughs> there <laughs> the they link are. The link was already purple. His dog is so cute. Can I read you this conclusive headline from the Daily Mail? Leah Schreiber, 51, enjoys a bicycle ride with girlfriend Taylor Neeson, 26, and his two children, NYC. And guess what's on the bicycle? That's the right. box. A wooden box. A wooden box. A wooden box. <laughs> There's a dog in the box, though. Not milk. I love him so much, and she looks so much like Naomi Watts, it's uncomfortable. Let's do the next call. <laughs> The dog is really cute. The dog oh is the cutest dog I've ever oh seen. Look at his God, little face. Okay. okay, next call. On. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I'm calling from England, obviously, with horrendous accent. Uh, <laughs> you were saying that there is no famous Caleb, or there's like one famous Caleb, and I got really excited because I know a famous Caleb, and that is Lily Singer, the Kings of Leon. And uh, then I wanted to ring and tell you that he was famous. But the fact that I had to Google his last name (laughs) made me realize that even me, as a Kings of Leon fan, who has interviewed them, if I can't remember his last name, then he probably isn't famous. So I hope you really enjoyed this adventure of a phone call. (laughs) Crunch, crunch. So you proved yourself wrong, meaning... The Kings of Leon, Caleb, whose name is Caleb Followill, but he is uh, married to Lily Aldridge, in case uh, it's somewhat relevant, right? I think somewhat relevant is on <laughs> Lily Aldridge's Wikipedia page. This guy, has any guy ever looked more like he was in a rock band in 2008? This guy right. is like the most, I was in a rock band in 2008 face right. I've ever seen. right. What's their big he, song? Sex is on, sex on fire. Your sex yeah, is on Beyonce fire. Yeah, Beyonce sang it, so it's big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, he married Lily Aldridge. I think they're still together. 
he is not to me does not count as a famous Caleb. We have to do better. So no. the, the search this continues. Woman, she said she interviewed him and didn't even know what his last name was. Ugh. His last name no. is Aldridge. Caleb Aldridge. His last name is Followill. Followill. Okay. And she's pregnant? Well, she was pregnant in 2012 <laughs> at the premiere of Eastbound and Down. God. I refuse to get any links that are earlier than somehow 2012, which makes sense for Kings of Leon because, like, what, what, who cares about anything that happened after 2012 with them, you know? They have two children. Uh-huh. They're both born, by the way. They're both born. And she's been in two of his music videos. We're done with them. Yeah. We're done with these guys. I'm, I've stopped talking. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, just had to pause the latest Rita segment um, because I have some clarification on how Rita knows Cassie. So basically, the I know the... Uh, lead singer of Fantagram, who is Sarah Barthel, who was also at that dinner. It was her birthday dinner. Um, my friend needs to work with her. And I've met her a bunch of times. She's lovely and hilarious. Anyway, she's friends with Rita because musicians. And also, like, super fun, very cool party girls. Um, so they're friends. And then Sarah Barthel, Fantagram, is friends with Cassie. I think this is due to the fact that Sarah dates Sean White, the snowboarder, for many years. And I think Sean White just, like, knows everyone. Also was probably friends with Pete Davidson when Cassie and him were dating. So I'm assuming that that's the connection. Basically, though, Sarah Barstow is friends with Rita and Miley. They run in the same circle, too. You can see all very similar vibes of, like, fun, cool girls. Um, also in that is a girl named Lisa Marie. I don't really know too much about her. I think she might be, like, some type of artist. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So that's all I can tell you. But it's definitely through Sarah... Barcel, music, Sean White, etc. But they all seem to be having a really great time together. They hang out often. So, who knows? Anyway, the form bell. Crunch, crunch. Love you. That's a perfect answer. That's all I wanted. It was like Cassie David and Rita Ora hung out because they were at a mutual birthday party. A, the singer of the band Fantagram who dates Sean White. Like, that is all I needed to know. Okay, that makes complete and total sense to me great i love it i love it too and cassie were like who are you who are you you know and then (laughs) cassie was like who you know kind of you know trolling her a little bit which i love Mm -hmm. who weekly power couple bo burnham lorene safaria uh eighth grade hustlers crunch crunch we forgot i mean Shocker. We forgot a few director power couples. Do you care? It's I'm disappointed in us for getting for forgetting Lorene Scafaria, who we talk about Me literally too. every other episode on this podcast and have for years. I know. Lorene dates Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham uh wrote and directed eighth grade. We also forgot I didn't know Mariel Heller and Yorma to to Tacone. 
Tacone. Is it Tacone or Tacone? I, I don't know. Tacone. But to, oh, wait, I don't pronounce Lonely it. Lonely Island guy. I feel but like it could be dating. like an Italian. He technically yeah. counts as a director, right? Kind of. Yeah, sure. I knew that they were dating, but I, I didn't did know it. that. I didn't know that he was technically a director. Mariel Heller uh, directed Tw- 2018's best movie, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Beautiful right, Day in and the Neighborhood. Beautiful Neighborhood. And then you have Miranda July and Mike Mills, which I also totally forgot that they were together. They are one. And then you have my least favorite. I do like Phoebe, but I don't like Martin McDonough. Mark Mc- Martin McDonough and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I don't really have an opinion of Phoebe, but mm-hmm. her relationship with Martin McDonough makes me think less of her. I think we've talked about I, this. We have. What, a nope. stra- what an well, unpleasent couple. Ugh. Well, 17 billboards outside of like Union Square is the <laughs> worst movie like I've ever seen to date in terms of just like it's bad on every level that a movie can be bad. It's disingenuous. It's offensive. It's self-aggrandizing. It's poorly written. It, it's just the worst movie. To this, to this day, I think it made me the angriest. 17 billboards outside of Union Square is like, <laughs> would just be a lot of billboards for hymns and like bonobos. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that fucking movie was, it sucked ass. Francis McDormand is like, how come Chief Willoughby? And Chief Willoughby is like, because I'd like to wear a shirt that isn't too long if I don't tuck it in. Oh, the tuck it shirts. <laughs> They're all billboards on subways, basically, essentially, is what we're talking about. But yeah, that movie okay. sucks. It's so bad. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's move Thank on. Thank you for calling. Summer. I'm mad we forgot Lorene. I was fine, I was thinking about Lorene a couple days ago when I was texting you about school and life mm-hmm. and how weird the it Beyonce is. Beyonce song, by the way. That the streaming version of Four, Beyonce's best album, on Spotify. Agree. I agree with that, by the way. Yeah. School and Life was always part of the deluxe album. It was never on the original release. But now the version of four, that's just the regular version of four. That's not even labeled the deluxe version. Uh School and Life is on it. And they just inserted it as track three. It's like track three. That's weird. It's, That's it's a weird, weird thing that it's to track do. Three. It's never been track three. School and Life is a very like Japanese release bonus song. Like there's no reason it should be in the album. Question: Why did that make you think of Lorene Scafaria? Because I was listening to Four in its entirety, and I got to I Was Here, which made me think of Lorene Scafaria because that's such a big thing that's in the medley. The Medler song. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Next call. <laughs> Stupid. Whatever. Stupid. That's dumb. No, you can leave that for sure. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. Listening to the time zones. Uh, Obviously, the biggest coup here, though, is Arizona because we don't switch time zones. Uh, And we don't even have our own. We just go from Mountain to Pacific. So part of the year you have to be like, so are we the same time as L.A. or Denver? Um, so, yeah, we're the biggest twos. We don't even have our own time zone. Um, also, side note, when a TV show is on at 8, 7 central, um, we still just watch it at 8. You don't have to do any math. So uh, good for Bella Thorne. Women do belong in balloons. Hi, Who Weekly. I am calling from the state of Alaska, and just in regards to the time zone conversation, I wanted to let you know that we are on our own time zone called Alaska Time, so still within what you're talking about within the United States. Alaska Time is the fifth time zone in there, I should say, yeah, eastern, central, mountain, Pacific, fifth time zone in the country. We are one hour past Pacific time, so right now, if it is 6 p.m. in Alaska, 
It is 7 p.m. in California, 8 p.m. in Denver, 9 p.m. in Chicago, and it is 10 p.m. on the East Coast. So the fact that you didn't even know that we were time zone probably means that we're by far the hooiest time zone of them all. Thank you. Bye. I feel so stupid. I mean, I can't. I, oh. I don't. I feel no, but we when we insinuated that TV shows were not on at eight o'clock across the time zones. That was a little stupid. I lived in California and I still didn't put that together. That it's not that like was a little you stupid. You only watch TV earlier when it's like in a, a live award show. You don't normally the TVs are the shows are just on at eight o'clock like everywhere. I understand that, but it's still it's I still definitely hooey because you've got Why? like the fake eight o'clock. Like you've got the fake eight o'clock. Like the East Coast watched it at eight o'clock three hours ago. Oh, so you're saying now they're hooey because they watched it after us? Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> how the West Coast people have to watch have to find like East Coast feeds to watch their like Jeopardy on time if they don't whatever. want spoilers. You know. Okay, so you still call them hooey? I liked the argument that. Phoenix was in the hooiest time zone because it doesn't change at all. It just is. <laughs> they don't have to do anything. Which is way too much. I actually didn't realize that. It's just that's new to me. Always and forever the same. Like you don't. They don't even get daylights. They Good. don't get anything. Good. There shouldn't be daylight savings time. Good. In Phoenix. This is an anti daylight savings time podcast. It is. <laughs> yes. I we hate it. That. Okay. I hate well, it. Well, I didn't. I didn't vote on that. Are you telling me you like daylight savings time? I mean, I don't like it, but it makes it's it's a function. It makes the you know it it fixes the time. It fixes the light. Fixes the time. It makes the light go at the time. It doesn't make anything happen. There's a reason that we have daylight savings time. Yeah, I don't really and the reason know is, is outdated. The reason is outdated. I don't mind daylight savings time that much, to be honest with you. I hate it. Okay. Well, this is not an anti-daylight saving times podcast. Looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Katie Lee from the kitchen is pregnant. Crunch, crunch. Katie Lee, who was married to Billy Joel for five Mm -hmm. years at literally the worst time in his life. So she really put up a lot of bullshit from him. Mm -hmm. He like crashed all of his cars into every Long Island house while they were married. It's um, not it's not funny, but truly that's all he was doing in, during those years. He was during crashing the his years cars he was married Island. to her. He just crashed his car into different people's houses. They were all fine, and he was fine too. But like truly, now the guy can't even drive a car. Well, I don't know. He has to take a helicopter to Madison Square Garden, though. Like can't 
They don't let him in a car yeah. anymore. Um, and then so she became after she, famous because she cooked. Well, because she, then she was like, I'm going to start cooking. Or I guess she already she already was a cook, but then she became famous for, for cooking. Mm, and especially right, because she got right. Food Network presents. She co-hosts yeah. that show, The Kitchen, which I actually sort of like and always forget about. And that's a daytime talk show about food? It's the daytime talk show. Every time I watch it, I'm like, this show is the fucking worst. And then I can't turn it off. There's like this really awful broy dude that i'm like you're so unappealing but then i also kind of like him and then there's the guy whose thing okay. is like you know there's always like a guy and a group of guys who's like my thing is i wear suits it's like paul feig or whatever no, it's like know. i wear suits there's like the guy that uh-huh. always like their thing is dressing way too formally then there's that guy mm-hmm. and then there's okay. sunny anderson who actually san antonio local hometown hero she used to be a radio dj now she's a food network personality Sunny in the Morning. I loved her so much growing up. And then Katie Lee. And the show is fine. She looks just like Cecily Strong. I think we talked about her. I think we've talked about her. Maybe that's why I don't care. Yeah, that's why we don't care. But now she's just making news because she's 38 and then she got IVF and now she's pregnant and she's very excited and people got the exclusive. She met her husband who is a like a producer, like a reality show producer on the set of her show Mm-hmm. Like Katie's Beach Bites or whatever or whatever he, Beach Bites literally called Beach, Beach bites. bites on the cooking channel. She met him. He's working on the first season of her show. They met. She was like, he's hunky. They fell in love. The weirdest thing that I found via just looking up this guy is that this guy, Ryan Beagle. Beagle? Beagle? Like seagull? Beagle? Beagle? Beagle. B-I-E-G-E-L. Apparently his brother is named Kevin. And he was the executive producer on a very short-lived show called Enlisted that was based on their lives. Like, it was a show that he wrote based on him and his brothers, and the show was called Enlisted, and it aired on Fox for maybe half a season. I actually kind of remember this show. It got canceled so quickly. Yeah, I remember the, like, key art, because it was, like, three dudes. Okay, now I just want to know what it was about. It was about, like, military brothers. It was critically liked, but no one watched it. Remember, like, people liked it. Uh, three very different brothers, each soldiers in the U.S. Army, find themselves all assigned to the same unit. The the one guy is in it who's, like, the cute guy who's in the one thing. Um, Who? Jeffrey Stoltz? No, oh, no, 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 he's in everything, Jeffrey Stoltz. Jeff Christopher Stoltz. Lowell. Christopher he? Lowell. Oh, he's cute. He's in everything, too. He's in Veronica Mars. God. He plays the asshole boyfriend in The Help. That they try to yes. set uh, yes. Emma Stone up with, but he's right. like a drunk. Sure. And Jeffrey Stoltz, who is also in this, is like in every TV show. He was on like Seventh Heaven and he was on Grace and Frankie. And you, he's also one that you see kind of just everywhere. Are we done with Katie Lee? I mean, we've gone so far from her. We're now so far away. Yeah. From yeah. her. Yeah. Have you ever watched The Kitchen? You should watch it sometime. No, it's like very I weird. Watch the re- if I'm watching daytime TV, it's like The Real and Kelly Clarkson and Wendy. But even that, that's too many shows. <laughs> it's weird and they cook stuff and then it's like, now it's my, and one of them will be like, now it's my turn to make like a side. And then the other three will just like sit there. Is this different than The Chew? The Chew, see, I don't really have, The Chew's the one with Carla on it. And yeah. I've, I, I haven't watched enough Chew to really know how it's structured. Stop. I don't. Okay, I can't speak to the chew and the kitchen are different, Completely but they're the things. same setup. Like people yes, and the chew was and... like, we gotta get rid of Mario, and so they got rid of Mario. Mario who? Batali. Oh right, they did get rid of him. 
Bye-bye. I was talking to someone. Um, my friend's friend was in town and she's like, uh, works in hospitality, works like in the restaurant industry. And they were going to go to dinner after I met them after work. And then I was like, she was like, where's something to get like a quick, that's just like reliable around here. And I was like, go to auto. It's like right there. And she was like, oh, I cannot go to auto. It's owned by Mario Batali. And I was like, no, 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 you can go now. And she was like, has he divested all of his interest in his financial interest? And I was like, yes, he has. You're fine. And she was like, okay, we're going to go to auto. (laughs) (laughs) Only like a New Yorker would know that Mario Batali had divested all his financial interest. She was like, excuse me, has he divested his interest? And I was like, yes. Okay. (laughs) BRB going to auto. Read the trades. You know what? Maybe they didn't go to auto, but she was open to going to auto after that. Um, okay. okay. They have great, they have amazing um, olive oil ice olive cream. Olive oil cake. Oh, olive oil ice cream. Olive oil ice cream. Isn't it ice cream? Did I, it's ice it's cream, ice, right? It's the ice cream. Did I yeah, tell you about really the good. olive oil cake that I made? No, but I don't think now's the time. <laughs> okay, I'll save it for the Patreon. Let me put it in the Patreon. Um, hold on. And then this week's Patreon will have an olive oil cake You can anecdote. also talk about the loaf that, that, I, that you Banter made. Let's loaves. just talk about... Olive oil cake story. I'm like dreading. I'm like dreading the no. It's Patriot a good episode. no, Lindsay. It's like it's like it's like a new it's a new manifestation of my anxiety. Okay, oh, next call. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, Lindsay. Wow. Oh, can't okay. Wait. In that case. <laughs> okay, next call. Hey, Bobby and Lindsay. Um, John C. Riley has a hot e-boy son. So, want to let you know. Uh, living, leaving it. Levita laptop. Thanks. Bye. I forgot when we when we were talking about Lana Del Rey's stolen laptop. Remember Lana Del Laptop? Didn't someone <laughs> we had talked and then I was like, we talked about this already. There's a saying from when we talked about it the first time. I'm oh, losing so. my mind. Mm-hmm. Please do like I'm losing my mind. This podcast is gonna start to repeat from the beginning. But it'll be better sound. <laughs> Okay. okay, John C. Riley's son. I'm mad at us. Leo, I'm mad at us for what? Because we we should have broken this news. We were we were back channeling about John C. Riley's hot son a month ago. Yeah, but our our terrible you know take on this is just me going. This is John C. Riley's son, and you going. I famous people should not have kids, and then me saying illegal, and then we moved <laughs> we moved on January 29th. She sends the video. I said, famous people should not have kids. And Lindsay said, illegal. And I said, I'm so mad at this. Because what are you trying to say here? There's no reason for that. That's a bad opinion. Famous people can have kids. They can. They can do what they want. I just hate that famous people can have kids. I wish they couldn't. Okay, I wish here... one of the agreements, I wish one of the agreements whenever you decide if when you, you become famous, famous you can't have kids. they're like, okay, great. So you're like about to be actually famous, but before you can become famous and sign on the dotted line that like, yes, I consent to being famous, you have to agree to never like reproduce. You okay. can't adopt, you can't reproduce because that child is going to be insufferable, I promise you. Okay, here's the thing about this story. All of these realizations are from different viral tweets. This is one of those stories that literally came from different people tweeting, oh, hey, did you know this is John C. Riley's son? I swear to God, this guy came out of nowhere, a.k.a. until people started saying, did you know this is John C. Riley's son? And what kind of annoys me about this is that the only reason that people care this is John C. Riley's son is that they look very different. Yeah. It's yeah. annoying to me. We love when the spawn is an identical twin of the of the parent <laughs> Or whenever it's like, the parent isn't traditionally good looking and the spawn is traditionally good looking, which is what's happening here. 
Which is the subtext of all of this. It's like that weirdo looking dude has like a hunky e-boy son. That's what's happening here. Everyone understands that's what's happening here. Exactly. So people are surprised that this guy is John C. Riley's son. And John Mm -hmm. C. Riley is a famous person. So that is a that is clicky. But it is just so funny that this all comes from. It's not like his music is really good. It's fine. And it's not like he's really doing anything. He's modeling. Whatever. That's fine. But just because we're surprised. It's the surprised angle of the whole thing. Everything is just the the obvious tweet about this stuff. And right. all those tweets go viral. And then every website has to cover those viral tweets. And then they're like, here are the three facts that we know about him spread out over 800 words because there's really not much to know about him. He's like a pretty prolific Gen Zer, meaning he has a huge following on TikTok. And he also made a music video out of it. And he's mm-hmm. also modeling. So it's kind of funny because it's like... This this guy's pretty busy. This John C. Reilly's son is pretty busy. It's not just that people are seeing that he is hot. You know, he's doing stuff. We have right? not named him yet. Did you know What's that? His name? We have Leo. not. We just keep calling him John C. Reilly's son, Leo. Yeah, Leo Riley. <laughs> okay, was that so? Okay, Leo. Leo he goes Riley. by Love Leo on some channels. Love Leo. And he is no. the son of John C. Riley and John C. Riley's wife, film producer Allison Dickey. And they met on the set of Casualties of War. Remember that movie? I don't. No. Okay. She also produced the movie that he was just in called The Sisters Brothers, um, which is really good if you haven't seen The Sisters Brothers. I know. I have. No, I have really seen it. Really good. But it, and so it, is the book. It flopped like beyond, right? They thought it was going to be like an Oscar movie and it just It was a big ass flop. Window, but I right? think it's streaming on something. It's like on Netflix or Hulu. It's like It's like on one of those. I want to say, do people not know who John C. Riley is? I feel like there is that is that something we're assuming that everyone knows who John C. Riley is. John C. Riley, them, I think, right? I think so. I mean, he is in so many things, but he yeah. does often play the. He's a charactery actor in many. Casualties of War is a Brian De Palma movie, which takes me back to what I was going to say next. Which is that John C. Riley was more known for being like a character actor in dramas, uh, mm. and then at some point there was then a, a lead turn, in comedies, right? And he became like the dopey comedy guy opposite Will Ferrell, right? He he became involved with the like Adam McKay Will Ferrell group, and he was in every single one of their movies. Uh, oh, now you're Walk Hard. You were literally in Boogie Nights and Magnolia as a dramatic actor. So what so happened? He was in, in the Chicago. He's so good yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. So I can't speak to Chicago personally because I've only seen it once, and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> like, okay, but he got well. He that's how he got nominated for his Oscar. Yeah. yeah he sings yeah, Mr. Yeah. Cellophane, which is like arguably one of the better songs in Chicago. He has like a sad and interesting moment and song. It's actually pretty good. You know, I'm not a big musical head but whatever you gotta mm-hmm. watch chicago again just to know aren't you should curious I? yeah i'm a little curious when 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 renee won again i was like oh i should do this again and i'd when... watch it with you i haven't seen it in a long time but i feel like it's good <laughs> i think it's good whatever hmm. he's from chicago also Ugh, fun fact <laughs> yeah okay so john c Riley. them this is his son a uh, who i I don't particularly love his music. I can't really tell how seriously he's taking it, like if it's fun for him or if he actually wants to be a musician or if he actually wants to be a model or if he actually wants to be a comedian. It's kind of unclear. (laughs) Also, he's 22. Who knows what? Like, he's still young. So He is adorable. Does he look like John C. Riley? No. That's what's kind of – it's kind of weird. That's what I think we care about here. It's not caring about anything about these two people, just the fact that they don't – it's surprising that they're related. (laughs) 
Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Medium time, first time. Uh, I'm sitting with my housemate. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Uh, and we were just discussing whether Lake is a good name for a kid. And then we started talking about Lake Bell. And then we realized how close that sounds to Drake Bell, which leads us to these questions. Uh, obviously, Drake Bell and Lake Bell are both who's, but which bell is who-ear? And do these <laughs> who bells know about the other bells? I think that they both know about each other. Uh, but I think that Lake Bell knows Drake Bell, but uh, Drake Bell does not know who Lake Bell is. Uh, so, so please, please wait. Crunch, crunch. Women don't belong in balloons. Lake Bell is actress. She we've slash writer about her before. director. She's a writer. Yeah. She did in a world. She was just in that show, which I think is actually still on with Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard. Uh, bless them. This mess or something. Bless this mess. Yeah. Where they like moved to a farm, and then they Drake Bell is the child star, grown up. He was on Drake and Josh, and weirdly he grew he's, up. He's a millennial obsession because we love when our stars grow up. Yeah, we love it. And so Drake Bell and Lake Bell. Here's my take, Bell. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay, okay. Thank what's you. your Thank take? You. Bell. My take, Bell, is that they don't know who each other are. No, they don't. They don't know each other. I don't. They know each other. I feel my take, Bell, is that I agree <laughs> they don't with know the who callers. Each other actually, are they don't know e- who each other are. Not they don't I know feel each like, other. I feel like Lake Bell is like Lake Bell pays attention and has probably been asked, like, "Are you related to Drake Bell, either in jest or seriously?" Oh, you're right. It's, and so see, she's it's always it fucking journalists who ruin this. Yeah theoretical and i bet lake probably took it upon herself to do some research and figure out who this drake bell is who always gets mentioned because they're not blood related they're not related and but i feel like drake bell like doesn't really care like even if drake bell were alerted to the fact that there is a lake bell his take bell would be like what i don't care like take drake bell doesn't give a shit about anything but his like uh, his yeah comeback. because truly like what are the stakes bell of this relationship <laughs> Like, do we have a steak bell in this relationship? I don't have personally have a steak bell. I'm not sure, but we might have to step on the brakes bell, if you know what I mean, because I think this was a mistake bell. This was definitely a mistake mistake bell. Oh, my God. Okay, end it right there. Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet, and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com slash sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hi. I know she's a them, but I just need to know what's going on with Katie Holmes's career. Um, I feel like I haven't seen her in movies for a while, and now I hear that she's in Brahms, Colin the Boy 2, which um, is getting terrible reviews. Seems like an interesting choice for her. And then you mentioned last week that she's 
Um, she's going to be in the upcoming Secret film. It seems to me that she's picking some interesting titles for a return back into film. Um, would love to hear your take on what's going on here. Um, okay, uh, women do belong in balloons. Uh, crunch, crunch. My take on this, my take, Belle, on this is after seeing because this this <laughs> I've been thinking about this too those yeah. two trailers coming up at the same time is so telling you know you mm-hmm. have this pseudo Christian secret movie that looks like it should be on Lifetime and then you have like The Boy 3 The Boy or whatever like a scary movie The Boy sequel, 2 Brahms, Brahms. Right, which Brahms. is like those movies do really well but the people who star in those are you know very much a wide range of whatever and Mm -hmm. she's playing the mom in both and etc etc so I was also kind of thinking what's the deal with Katie Holmes like what's going on with her and honestly this is like this is rude but I think what it goes down to and tell me if you agree is that she's just not a very good actress yeah that's (laughs) that's what that's where I ended up because it's also funny I was telling Lindsay in one of my group chats that is full disclosure all gay people we were having a very long conversation what? about like what was what? up with what you what's in up a with group chat with gay what's people? up with katie holmes's career like what do we think is happening and there was a lot of like fun speculation like smart speculation but i think ultimately what it comes down to it's like there are comparisons to natalie portman there are comparisons to to be frank more talented people and it's not like she ever really stopped working. She stopped being in high profile stuff, like especially after Batman Begins, like when she famously didn't get right. recast as her in right. the, because in she the wasn't sequel. Good. Because, yeah. Right? So it's like ever since then, she's sort of been in a lot of crap, but she never really went away, number one, because she was in Logan Lucky just like two or three years ago, which was a good movie. It really was, but her role wasn't very small. Prominent. small. Okay, okay. She was good, though. In that. I think ultimately she's not all that talented. She understands that. She likes working. Her name is big. But her name is so high profile that I think that gets her uh, like a step further than it normally would if she was just kind of the less good actress from Dawson's Creek. I'm comparing her to Michelle uh, Williams, white Michelle Williams, FYI. Never forget, she's a child star. Like she's literally been doing this her for her almost her whole life. As an actress, she just, that's that's sort of a default for her, I think, where it's like, well, I should do this, even though she's, God knows how rich, thanks to her career slash her divorce, divorce settlement. from Tom Cruise, <laughs> her settlement. She's, God knows how, like, traumatized from yes. being involved in Scientology and being married to Tom Cruise. What a yes. nightmare. Yes. Signing God knows how many NDAs, God yes. knows how many contracts after Which this. Which we now know definitively was a nightmare. Let's not yeah. even like speculate. It's like we know that was a bad a bad time. Raising this kid essentially alone, who is this kid that everyone wants to know about, and she's having to keep this kid private. And now this kid is sort of, Surya is growing up, and Surya is practically a teenager at this point, almost a teenager. And she's like, oh, well, I have, I might have a little more free time. I guess I could do another role because that's what I do. That's literally the only thing she is qualified to do. There's something about it. Every time I think about it, I'm like, I actually prefer that she's like, I'm just going to do the thing I'm qualified to do. I'm not going to try to start a lifestyle site. I'm not going to try to like... yeah." 
stretch these other muscles. This is what I do. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do the secret in Brahms too because they're so low stakes. Well, she gets to be known too as like a fashion icon. She definitely yeah. gets access to designers. She goes to the, you know, she it, like she gets that respect. I think that was like no one kind makes, of fun. No one's cruel to her. Right. No, like she get she kind of can have it quote unquote all. Maybe the yeah. if maybe if she had these like big Oscar aspirations or whatever, maybe that needs to not that's not going to happen for her or whatever. Yeah. But I could see her doing, I mean, theater. She probably will. She loves New York. She lives in New York. Like I saw her in a play once. She was awful. Was she terrible? Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> I don't think that, not to be whatever, but I just don't think that she's that good. She was never that good on Dawson's Creek. She was always well, well cast. And her name recognition is going to keep getting her these like roles where she barely has to be good. She can just be like fine, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, which is. It's just so funny that these two movies are coming out at the same time because they really represent the opposite ends of the spectrum Dumps. that you would go dump to. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> that you would go to if you were this type of actress. Yeah. And I think yeah. but I think there's something with her that like I think she's mature enough and I think she's been doing this particular type of movie long enough where it's like there's no shame in it. You know? No. She adds like a little sprinkling of prestige to these movies, and it's that's what that's what her role is as an actress. No. She's not someone anyone can really make fun of. She's fine, and also it just her name recognition is this boost, and we all you know, like from her tabloid life, we all know who she is. She has yes. one of the more unusual Hollywood stories where no matter what happens to her, she's known for one thing and one thing only. So it's like everything else is. Uh, we're 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 talking so much and we're saying so much. I'm not sure we're saying much of anything, but I think ultimately, <laughs> what what to answer the the fundamental question, what happened to Katie Holmes? I think she's getting exactly what she wants. I think she realized exactly how to like live her actress life in the most chill, yeah. relaxing way possible. And it there's something sort of aspirational about it. Like, yeah, she's still working and she's making money. She's in forgettable stuff, yeah. which yeah. Uh, these yeah. this stuff needs to be made, and they need actors to fill the roles. We love it. We know nothing about her. Yeah. The weird thing is we know nothing about her. Like, we truly know nothing about her. Like, nothing. Remember when she dated Jamie Foxx for 100 years and, like, we knew yeah. nothing about it. And we knew nothing about it. And t- and honestly, who knows if it even happened? We don't know. I mean, it did, but who I mean, They frolicked on the beach together, but that could just mean they're friends. Yeah. We have no... Uh, there was no confirmation. It, ne- yeah. it could have never happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is her name going to be... Jenna Dewan Kazi now. If you were Jenna Dewan and you were engaged to someone named Steve Kazi, would you change your name to Jenna Dewan Kazi? Jenna Dewan Kazi. No, I would keep Jenna Dewan. I would learn. I would learn my lesson. I would be like, I'm still Jenna Dewan. It's very lyrical. What the the joke is here is because it's Jenna Dewan. She was Jenna Dewan Tatum for so long. That then even the cadence of her name, now that it's just Jenna Dewan, it feels like what's miss oh when you what you know, like yeah, we're missing. It feels something. unfinished. Right. Meanwhile, Jesse J. Tatum, it sounds incredible because that's where the Tatum <laughs> might go. And we and I the Tatum has to go somewhere. But you know what? Channing is so woke and progressive and he loves her so much, he might become Channing Tatum J. Fuck, I fucking hope so. Think about that. That'd be amazing. How about Channing J. Tatum? And then it's like a middle name, Channing but it's also J. Tatum. Oh, that'd be so cute. What if they become what if they just hyphenate? Yeah. And as a person with the middle name Jay, my middle name is Jay. I res- I love a, a Jesse Jay. I'm Lindsay Jesse Jay. Jesse J Tatum. Oh. <laughs> but Jenna Dewan Kazi just sounds like a nursery rhyme. 
Canada one, cause <laughs> She went down to the sea to see what she could see. I'm happy for her. She's like mm-hmm. one of those people that I, like I don't follow or care about, but is always in tabloids, <laughs> and it's like, and it's been it's been good news, and it feels some weirdly weird way that she like deserves it, even though I don't really care about her either way. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Um, I, I was seeing what the most recent thing written about her was, and it was actually 34 minutes ago on Us Weekly. So, yeah, inside, it's nonstop. Inside the magical blessing circle at pregnant Jenna Dewan's baby shower, she had a magical blessing circle, and it says, here we go. This is really incredible. Um, blessed, blessed before baby, Jenna Dewan's baby shower earlier this month included a magical blessing circle. Next paragraph. Quote, when I think of Jenna, she's like a fairy goddess. Kiki of Kiki Designs, who designed the actress's altar, exclusively reveals in the new issue of Us oh, Weekly. No. Quote, tell- I, wanted, oh. I wanted to base everything around that, and I wanted it to feel like we were preparing for gods and goddesses. For that space, for this space in particular, I wanted it to feel like it was a vortex of love. So in the very middle of the altar was the rose quartz, and then there was a huge crystal quartz pointing towards Jenna and the baby. Crystal quartz is used for manifesting, and so fuck? while we sat in the circle, I asked all the guests to hold on to the stones that were in front of them Uh, it was a blessing for the baby it was a blessing for the parents and i feel like it just blessed everyone in the circle kiki says of the milestone moment just high vibrations all over sorry maybe the jenna dewan kazee thing is because she just tabloids just she gives everything to them maybe that's my why i'm seeing her everywhere i mean she must have a great relationship with us weekly is kind of what i'm now she gives them a lot she gives them a lot right that's what i'm saying jenna dewan kazee she watched reruns of Glee. <laughs> she climbed up in a tree to okay, see what really, she could see. We're really like, this episode's got a lot of rhyming in it. This episode's ruining me. <laughs> um, One more. This is really funny. Your notes here are really funny. What? Where? What? Logan oh. Lerman. <laughs> I really thought I was getting somewhere. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. Who is Logan Lerman? I can't tell if I think he's hot. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. Logan Lerman is one of those actors that they've been trying to make happen now for so Mm -hmm. many years. I don't get it. He was like in Percy Jackson's Lightning Adventure. Jack and Bobby. He was in Jack. He was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. He so he's gotten that like leading man boy situation happening for him a lot. That's what he is. He's a leading man boy. But he's not ever like I don't memorable around for a long time. But clearly, there's nothing to break him out. Like he dated Alexandra Daddario, another person who who's a who weekly legend for never. If you dated Alexandra (laughs) Daddario for like eight years. (laughs) <laughs> we didn't know that <laughs> they dated for eight years like i'll no. never know who she is and and he's the he's her better half or was her better half or finding whatever. out that alexander daddario and logan lerman dated for eight years it is the prime example of when to use the gif of viola davis grabbing her bag and leaving the room <laughs> like that's what no. i'm telling you you're absolutely not no. when i found that out i was just like Everything made sense, but also it was I was just like fuck this, you know, because of course, right? They mm-hmm. dated for so long, <laughs> they dated for so long, and they were engaged, and then they broke up. Logan Lerman and Alexander Daddario dating is like every day they come home from work and they have a fight, and the fight includes I don't know who you are anymore, but it's every day. <laughs> but I don't know reason, who you are anymore. 
the reason why we're still we're like Logan Lerman came up again, it's because we're once again giving him this big role in this controversial Nazi hunting Amazon show, which everyone's like about, you know, it's very revisionist history and it's making everyone uncomfortable. It's like Quentin Tarantino, but they did it less good. And Al Pacino's in it. It's his first TV show. Uh, what else? That's it. They're around and, and we're in New York and it's like an, a period New York show, which we love. We can't get enough of period New York shows. Let's go kill some Nazis. We stand revisionist history now. Okay. Yeah. Like, fine. But once again, this Logan Lerman, I don't think this show, it's like he's in it, but no one really cares about him in the in it, right? She, he's not the mm-hmm. standout. Everyone keeps being like, Al Pacino's first TV show. But I don't even know if many people are watching this except for like no. my dad because it's on Amazon streaming and he would watch anything on that because he has it, you know? It like came on after Bosch and your dad was like, what's this? Truly. Sure. No, truly. Because it's like the same genre as like the shows yeah. that Man on a High Mountain. What was that show? Man on a High Man on the High Castle. Whatever. Same show. Josh liked that show. Yeah, well, because like it's like history revisionist shit. That, yeah, that sci-fi, cer- sci-fi. Dudes who would otherwise be watching these historical documentaries on like whatever are now given fiction shows that are similar or that they would mm-hmm. like, and it's this genre of show. Okay, thank you for listening to Who's There. It was a great episode. Wow, what a great episode. <laughs> uh, we love all One of, of our, our best. I would say keep, keep calling. Would you say that? I, if I say that, is it true? Yeah. Okay. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh-huh. It's true. Sure. Um, I laughed so much, I ache, Bell. Um, <laughs> I, uh, this, ache, Bell. This episode will keep you awake, Bell. It's time for some cheesecake, Bell. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm on rhymezone.com. <laughs> no. Thank you for listening to Who's There and for calling in. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM if you have any more questions, comments, concerns. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Support us on Patreon.com for bonus episodes every single week with a lot of banter and a lot more trash. And um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Buy tickets to our next live show, which is in D.C. at the end of March. Uh, Who Weekly us. Buy some merch. Who Weekly us, And we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, who is Edie Falco? Her face popped up on my Instagram, and I recognize her, like, distinctly, but um, I don't know who she is, um, nor do I want to look it up. Okay, thanks. Crunch, crunch. Today's episode of Who's There is brought to you by The CW. Watch new episodes of Katie Keen on Thursdays at 8, 7 central or stream free next day on The CW app.